This is an ABC podcast. Julia Gillard and Joan Kerner, Oprah Winfrey and Maya Angelou, Mark Zuckerberg and Steve Jobs. There's one thing they all have in common. They were in successful mentoring relationships. I'm Lisa Leong and today on This Working Life, we're revisiting one of our favourite programs where we explore this unique relationship and hear why a mentor could be crucial for your career. We're also going to dig into some interesting gender differences when it comes to mentoring, starting with women. With me is Bobby Marlab. She's the co-founder of a women's-only mentoring program where mentors and mentees meet up and go for an hour-long walk and talk. Bobby, uh, you've had about 350 mentors and 3,000 mentees pass through. How did you come up with the idea of mentor walks? Uh, Adina Jacobs, the co-founder, and I saw the idea in action when we were in Shanghai for a conference with Ernst & Young's Entrepreneurial Winning Women program. We are both um, alumni of that program that helps entrepreneurial women scale their business. We were at that conference in Shanghai and were fortunate to meet Michelle Garneau, who is a woman who's lived in China for 30 years and introduced fine dining to China. And she had started mental walks in Beijing about four years earlier and we happened to be in Shanghai on a morning when she was running a mental walk. So Adina and I hopped in a rickety old cab very early in the morning and went to a park in the middle of Shanghai and participated in a mental walk and we got to the gates of the park and looked at each other and said this is such a simple effective idea let's take it to Australia and two months later we launched it in Sydney and that was now three and a half years ago. And why women only? Because to have really good conversations, you need to have two things. You need to feel safe and they need to be intimate. And there is something that happens, a a sort of natural conversation that happens between women that is exactly that. And when you introduce men into the conversation, for whatever reasons, and there, there are probably lots of them, the dynamics tend to change. So it's very important that people feel that they can be themselves and their whole selves in those, that environment. And being women only delivers that. What is it about the walking part that also adds to that intimacy? Well, I don't know if any of your listeners have teenage children, but the best conversations you ever have with your kids are in the car when you're not looking at each other. And I think that's what happens on a mental walk, that you're close together and sharing information, but you're not, you don't have that stare, you know, eyeball glaze, um, gaze that tends to, can be quite intimidating. So the fact that you're walking alongside each other makes a difference. So I'm interested then, you've had to move the walks online what are some of the pros and cons that you've found with doing it virtually then? Well, we pivoted to doing all our eight walks online um, in April. We did it very quickly. And there's been some great benefits to it. One being that we can reach women who, who would not physically be able to get to a walk. So, for example, we launched in Dubbo. The very first first walk was virtual in Dubbo. Um, and there were a number of women from around that region who, to attend a walk, would usually have had to have driven maybe an hour and a half, two hours in both directions. And it also enabled us to bring mentors in from other areas who also physically would have struggled to get to that area. Um, but there is a downside because there is the sort of 
that that strong human connection you make when you actually meet someone and there is the benefit of walking and you know you mentioned walks today we've probably walked across australia and back i think four <laughs> or five times right so we're not walking so fast that you're you're puffing and can't have a good conversation um but it does make a difference okay let's hear from some women who've walked the talk or should they've been talked the walk <laughs> The advice I would have for anybody who's looking for a mentor is please move forward and find one. It's really important and it has a huge impact on your life and on your career and really helps you to focus in on the things that are going to add the most benefit to moving you forward. Hi, my name is Julie Dempsey and I am a coach and a hypnotherapist and I am also a mentor in my spare time. I have 20 years of experience working in the Silicon Valley and I love to bring that to the startup community here in Australia to help young companies to build. Julie is one of my mentors and has been for the last two years and it's been a very enjoyable journey. Hi, my name's Keita Martin-Shaw. I'm the founder of Be OK Ideas, a social enterprise helping businesses to take charge of their well-being. So when I first started, it was something I personally was trying to do to help others. And when I'm going through business things and working out whether it's financially viable. She always brought me back to my purpose and why I started and reminded me of that. Um, what surprises I've gotten out of the experience of mentoring Kita is just how rewarding it is and how much it is a two-way street in terms of the things we have to offer each other and the ways that we can provide support and learnings in both directions. I know when you first start a business and then you go on to your second, your third, or later in life, you're kind of a bit more hesitant to do things. And I hope that I have encouraged her to just run with it, give it a go, and that's all you can do. Um, well, I would absolutely agree with what Keita just said. She looks at everything from a very fresh perspective and has a lot of energy to go after what she wants without having previous judgment that things might not work. And so I definitely learned to apply that to the businesses that I'm working in and what I'm doing to make sure that I'm looking at things with fresh eyes and looking for reasons that things can work out rather than thinking about things in the past that hadn't. Bobby, Julie, the mentor mentions learning about fresh eyes from Keita. Now, some people call this reverse mentoring. Are you seeing a rise in this? Yeah, we are. The feedback we get from our mentors is how much they learn from their mentees. And I think that particularly around technology, there are a number of cases where in um, large companies, that CEOs and senior executives have been matched with digital natives in the company to understand it, and, and that, that's been happening for quite a long time. But I think in lots of aspects, and just, just even in terms of understanding other generations, that reverse mentoring happens both formally and informally in many places, and it's a really wonderful thing. So what are your tips for getting the most out of being mentored, Bobby? One, I think it is about not assuming that one mentor is going to meet all your needs. 
um, we all have different issues at different stages of our life. And I think a mentor is not for life, although you can have great people who sort of sit as angels on your shoulder throughout your whole whole career. And I certainly have had that. And, you know, a mentoring relationship doesn't need to be um, long term. It can be for a short period of time. It can be for just one, one coffee. It is about seeking the right help at the right time from the right person. And what's interesting for us is that sometimes people feel that their issue is too small to discuss on a walk. And my response to that is, if it's an issue for you, it's an issue, you know, and it's, wor- it's worth discussing. And I think that really often comes to the confidence question, where women don't feel confident. They don't think that their issue is important enough. They don't think that someone's going to, you know, want to spend the time talking about that and is in every instance probably incorrect. Let's now hear from one of Australia's best-known mentors. She was one of the sharks from the business reality show Shark Tank, entrepreneur Naomi Simpson. I feel fortunate. I've had many mentors over many years, but I found the most effective mentors are the ones that I have the right question at the right time. Lorna Inman was the CEO of Target at the time, and it must be more than 15 years ago, and Red Balloon was just thinking about going into the gift card business. And I wondered if we could get gift cards in retail. So I reached out to Lorna directly and uh, she didn't just accept my coffee, she came to meet with me and I remember being completely blown away by her generosity and not being a bricks and mortar type of retailer, I learned so much from her in that one hour session that we had together and I must say we became friends. So uh, you never quite know where your mentorship journey is going to go but I'm forever grateful for um, the insight that she gave me into what it is to be a retailer. So thank you Lorna, thank you for taking the time and I was truly humbled that you came to visit me on a trip to Sydney. Thank you. So Bobby, Naomi put herself out there to find the right person at the right time. But apart from your organisation, how can others find a mentor? Look, that's that sometimes is difficult. I mean, it's about being a bit savvy and using resources like LinkedIn to identify people who might um, be the right people to help you and then asking for that help. I think that you know, many experienced men and women are asked to mentor people all the time. And sometimes that can come across as quite onerous. It's much, I think, better from a mentee's point of view if they approach that person saying, I have a particular question that I think you might be able to help me with. Do you think you could help me with that? And that that's a much easier thing to achieve than saying, will you be my mentor? And the other thing is about finding a mentor is that is that there has to be also a certain amount of um, chemistry. You know, it's not like coaching, which is much deeper and and longer term and and more consistent, but you have to have an affinity for each other. So um, I, I also think that in terms of finding a mentor, often women in particular don't feel comfortable asking for help. And what I think we all find surprising is how often when we ask for help, we get it and we get it without questions. 
So do the mentors in mentor walks get paid or are they volunteers? No, they're volunteers, but they're all women who believe in paying it forward and helping other women succeed. And many of those have had help themselves and those that haven't had that help themselves wish that they had. Thank you so much, Bobby. Thank you. Bobby Marlab, co-founder of not-for-profit Mentor Walks. And just an update, while the walks are virtual for most of the country, in Perth and Canberra, walks are now back on face-to-face. Fingers crossed the rest of us can join them by Christmas. Now it's the men's turn. We'll get on to how the mentoring experience is different for them in a moment. But first, here's award-winning screenwriter and broadcaster, Benjamin Law. The mentor for whom I'm writing this letter is director, producer and screenwriter Tony Ayres. The brains behind shows like Stateless, Glitch, Seven Types of Ambiguity, The Slap, Nowhere Boys and the show I created and co-wrote, The Family Law. Tony, you are like the gay Chinese-Australian Barack Obama of the Australian screen world and you've got a presidential schedule to match. Everyone in Australian TV knows you and I know you've got Kate Blanchett's number in your phone. And yet, you still saw something in the memoir of me, a 20-something emerging writer, and you became convinced you could make a TV show out of this story about a kid growing up gay and Asian in the coastal suburbs of Queensland during the rise of Hansenism as his parents' marriage spectacularly fell apart, even though it didn't exactly scream classic Australian story. And all through the joys and hells of development, you kept the faith while also steering someone, me, who had no idea what he was doing, with patience and unwavering encouragement. When I lost faith in myself and in my work, all it took was reminding myself that your faith in me had never wavered. And I'm so grateful for all the practical writing advice you gave me. You hammered how there was no plot without deep, complex understanding of character, and how the best writers' rooms are about sharing stories while working something out like a puzzle. All of this knowledge is the stuff that I take into every TV writers' room I occupy, including the one I'm about to head into now. I'm not sure I ever tell you this enough, but you changed my life. Much obliged. Always indebted. Ben. I love that. I'm crying again. (laughs) Someone whom you respect having unwavering faith in you. And sometimes that's all we need as we go through the tough and uncertain times at work. With me to unpack this a little bit more is Miles Protter. Miles is a professional mentor and also runs a pro bono mentoring program called Men's Business. G'day, Miles. Hi, Lisa. So good to be here. Miles, what are your thoughts on Ben's letter to his mentor? Oh, well, I'm still choked up a bit. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, it just, it's so beautiful because it, it just, what it brings out is the fact that, yes, a mentor offers something practical, which is great. You know, like he linked up with this man who has all this wonderful experience uh, in, in writing and, and producing shows. But the most important thing was the guy believed in him and he feels believed in. And that is so missing. It's so missing. And, you know, because I do a lot of work with men, I can tell you a lot of men do not feel believed in. A lot of absent fathers uh, are, are causing kind of a, a gap in that way. And so when you don't have a, 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 an older man who you respect believe in you, it's a huge hole in your life. So who was your first mentor? Uh, back in university, 
uh, I just hated the course I was doing. I went into commerce because I thought I should. And I went to this kind of this politics course, and it was being given by this subversive, fascinating Englishman who had a kind of Python-esque sense of humor, wonderful man. And I went, went up afterwards, and I just started chatting with him. And then after the lecture the next week, I started chatting with him. He said, hey, let's have a cup of coffee. And we started talking. And it just sort of kind of organically became a friendship. And then I started working for him as a research assistant. And then he started asking me what I wanted out of life. And I just felt, you know, this guy believes in me. You know, he asked me, what do you want to do after uni? I said, well, I guess I'll just go back to Toronto and get a job. You know, I just didn't have any horizon. And he just completely lifted that. I said, well, what would you love to do? No one ever asked me that. <laughs> and I said, I'd love to study in France or the UK. He said, great. Well, let's make that happen. And we did. And he was just, it was wonderful. So, you know, have, having someone like that just believe in you is just so important and to open, open my horizons. And so... What are the differences between the genders in terms of that mentoring relationship then? I would say, I'll speak for the men, and a really good friend of mine, John, who's a wonderful guy, and, and, and he's one of the guys who I helped to become a mentor. He really wanted to do that. He said, look, we men headbutt our way through life, unappreciated, unheard, unacknowledged, dealing with challenges by ourselves. And, and I think that's the man's experience. And I think the other thing is that men make choices based on what other people want, not necessarily what they, what they want, because they don't know what they want. We don't know what our values are. We don't know what our strengths are. We don't know what our purpose is. And so, oh, because my dad told me to go into commerce, so I went into commerce. So, you know, one of my clients, you know, what do you want to do? Where are you going next? Oh, well, I guess, I guess I want my boss's job because that's what they're all telling me I should do. Well, what do you want? You know, and then how do we find that out? That's the process that you do in mentoring. And I think that's where, you know, what's where men really struggle sometimes is because we don't have any basis for making choices and we don't really know what we're good at and we don't know why we're here. And just briefly, how often should a mentor and mentee touch base? I think once a month is good and it, I always give people a little bit of homework or a little bit of thinking to do and we t discuss the homework and I, I try not to bug them in between. Any other tips, actually, that you've got in terms of establishing the right relationship with your mentee mm. at the start? Well, I love what Bobby was saying, This that the walking thing is so good because it sets the bar really low. It doesn't make it hard for people to find a mentor. A lot of men find it difficult because asking for help is weak, okay? And that's no good. You don't want to look weak. And I think I should know exactly what I'm doing. And if I admit to not knowing, then that's no good. So you have to make it easy. And I think someone who puts themselves out as a mentor, it's harder in a sort of professional context, you know, because, uh, but I think if you want to be a mentor just as a, as a gift to somebody, it's like letting someone know you're available 
and then letting them approach you and making it safe and listening to them and making it safe for them to talk about what they really feel. And then slowly and organically, it will develop. Why do you think that having a good mentor is crucial right now in terms of COVID-19 and the rapidly changing economic environment? Well, I think you, you said it, rapidly changing economic environment. It's so uncertain and so squirrely right now. Uh, I, I, someone who's in the mental health business was just telling my wife the other day that the new vulnerable are men with financial problems, especially debt. In my various men's circles and the people I, I work with, there's a lot of guys whose businesses are going under. So I'm doing a lot of pro bono mentor, mentoring of guys who are just struggling to hold on to businesses or who are realizing they have to let them go. It's tough, man. It's really tough, especially if you're the main breadwinner or even a half breadwinner. It's very difficult. So, uh, and also, well, the other thing is for the people who aren't necessarily struggling, but going, well, what do I do? This is, everything's changed. How do I make sense of this? It's great to have a thought partner to come alongside you and bounce things off of. And man, I'm learning heaps off of people just mentoring other guys who are having all these incredible ideas. And going, Whoa, that's pretty good. And I write it down. You know, it's fantastic. It's great. And so when it comes to business and careers, how can a mentor help a man specifically, Mark? Mm, mm. Well, I think, um, I think we're, we believe, I don't know why we believe this, but I think we believe that our development and education and learning stops kind of either when you finish school or you finish uni, right? And maybe, okay, I'll do a few CERC four courses and become blah, 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 you know, like, or become an apprentice or something. But we, we think our development stops sometimes in our 20s, but in fact, it doesn't. Our develop continues right through almost to the day we die. And, and it's happening to us whether we know it or not. So we're constantly making transitions. You know, like in your 30s, you start transitioning to more responsibility. In your 40s, you transition to what we used to call the midlife crisis. Why am I here? Now, wouldn't it be great to, to, to be able to talk to someone about that transition and get some tools to be able to make good choices based on your values, your purpose, your strengths? to help you get through that and transition to something new or, or even to stay where you are, but to make it better for yourself. And we don't have those tools. So I think I'm so glad I had a few mentors in my life. And I'm really glad I've been able to mentor other people because I've been able to help them through these transitions instead of like, as my friend John says, headbutt their way through on their own without anyone talking to them, you know? And if your workplace doesn't have a mentoring program, how do you suggest men find a mentor to help them in their career? I, I try and train men and recruit men to be mentors. It's hard because well, when I get a group of 10 men together, maybe only one will ever have had a mentor themselves and they want to do it, but they've never experienced it. So there's a real sad, I think, lack of mentors. So I think younger people who want a mentor, you've got to, look, you've got to shake this up because they're not on the tree. <laughs> you've got to, I think, I really think you've got to say, I want to have someone believe in me 
and meet with me and give me some secret sauce. Give me some belief. Give me some advice. Listen. And you've just got to keep your eyes open and ask. Thanks, Miles. Professional mentor, Miles Prota. And thanks again to all our wise elders today. This Working Life is produced by Maria Tickle, who was so inspired in making this show that she's finally found herself both a mentee and a mentor at the ABC. A quick shout out and thanks to Rebecca Donaldson and all those other mentors across Australia who give their precious time and energy to help others find their way in their careers. You are gold. Next week on This Working Life, how does your boss keep tabs on your work? Increasingly, the answer to that question is surveillance technology. From offices to warehouses, and even for those working in the gig economy, it's spruiked as the answer to an organisation's productivity woes. But is it really making us more productive? And how's it changing our jobs and the employer-employee relationship? That's next week on This Working Life. And if you enjoy our show, please take a minute to hit subscribe and share our podcast with a friend who you think might need a little help finding the sunshine at work at the moment. I'm Lisa Leong, and until next time, keep working. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.